here we are with Liz Wiggin, Community Engagement Manager. I'm here in Kerala, India. She is in St. Paul, Minnesota. And we are here to talk about community, the healing powers that live in creating, building, and sustaining, engaging a community. So welcome in, Liz. Um, thank you for being here. And I'm so grateful for you as my dear friend and all that you do for yourself and the people around you throughout your life. So just taking some time to introduce yourself and what it is to do what you do in community. So thank you, Katie. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm already a huge fan of your podcast, so it's an honor to be on as a, a guest. Um, as you said, I'm a community engagement manager and I live in St. Paul with my husband and my daughter and my dog. And I've been working in some sort of community engagement field most of my adult life. And it really, I think my passion for this work really stems from how I was raised and how I grew up. So I'll just share a little bit of background about that. Um, I am a triple PK. That means that three of my parents are ministers. And so growing up, um, I was always in a space surrounded by people, whether I wanted it or not. Um, so I've lived in many different communities through my time, from a, a big city in an urban setting to a small town by a cornfield to Duluth, Minnesota, a medium-sized town by the big lake. And I've gotten to know and be surrounded by many different types of people. And so I think being raised in that environment of community, in this case, it was a church setting, um, helped me understand the beauty and the benefit of community and also some of the challenges. Um, but I'll probably focus most of my time on the beauty and the benefit because one of the main things that I learned growing up in these spaces was everybody has something to give and everyone has something to receive. So we all have gifts to share and we all have something to learn and understand. And there's probably not a human on this earth that doesn't experience at some point in their life, they need help. And there's probably not a human on this earth that hasn't experienced at some point in their life being able to help someone even if it's like sharing a smile or saying, how are you doing? So just that kind of fundamental aspect of being human, connecting, being in a relationship, and we all have something to give and we can all receive. Beautiful. That's so true. And as human beings, <clears throat> as a community of humanness, we are innately interdependent on one another in thriving, um, healing, and of course showing up and as small of a signal as a smile is, it can really change a day around in the acknowledgement of the other's human experience. And as far as your community-centered life, it's always inspired me. Um, you can walk into any group and engage people and and through conversation, through eye contact, through ICU. 
And so I just wanted to go into those, into those small yet mighty pieces of how does one engage in community? It is one of the most, in the West specifically, one of the most isolating times. It's actually perhaps an epidemic of isolation, loneliness. And as I travel in the Eastern world, I can see, you've been on my mind so much because I can see uh, how healing community is. Um, I, I've been visiting villages and different places that there's 20, 30, 40 people in community and they all have these great big smiles. They all have, I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm loved. And you can you can literally see the difference in the beings of being with one another. And so I want to give a nod to that, like how to step from a place of isolation or loneliness into a community, even if it's a one-on-one, -on -one, a coffee, a small group, it doesn't have to be a huge village at this point, but but it's an example. And um, I, it gives me shivers, just, just a profoundness of being together. Absolutely. I agree. And I think it is so cultural and I've had the pleasure and privilege to travel quite a bit, um, not as much as you, but I remember like walking in a small village in Jamaica, like up in the hills and seeing just all the kids running around. And I was with a friend and he said, yep, that's my daughter over there and pointed to one of the kids and just said, we all take turns, you know, truly it takes a village. Um, and it, it is so different here, at least in my experience, in the United States and in Minnesota and how we are so divided right now. And uh, certainly, you know, social media and technology has, I think, even widened that gap just with um, there's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of mental health. Um, I was listening to a previous podcast with Dr. Reese, I believe his name is, and he was talking about, about mental health. And one of the kind of most important things he said is relationships and connection. And so with community building, community organizing, community engagement, it can be so healing and so powerful because it's how we show up and care for one another. It's how we connect. Um, it's how we learn about ourselves through seeing through the eyes of others. So how do we do it? That's a great question. <laughs> There's a lot of pieces to that. And I think maybe where I'll start is through a framework of my current work where I am a consultant. I work with mostly public agencies. So think about uh, cities, counties, state, um, government agencies. And uh, there's been a, I think a pretty huge shift since 2020. And I'm seeing public agencies in particular um, investing and prioritizing in community engagement and wanting to be very intentional about that. So, so what I've been doing in the last few years is really working alongside these public agencies and helping them figure out how to engage with the public with the goal of change, um, making their policies better, making their decisions um, more impactful that reflect the people that need it the most. So how do we do that? Well, it starts with having a goal or a purpose and really being um, intentional about who you want to reach. And let's just use an example of uh, a type of project I work on a lot. And that would be 
a transportation project. So let's say there's an opportunity in a community to uh, build something new and make an improvement for that community. Um, well, who should we start with? We should start with the people who are most impacted. We should start with the people that live, work, play, and travel in that area, right? Um, this is actually kind of a new concept for a lot of folks, believe it or not. And so it starts with that intention. It starts with understanding who you want to reach and who is most impacted. And then it it really builds on that with some best practices for how and when we engage people. And it can look quite different. So in Minnesota, in the Twin Cities, we have uh, a large Somali community, right? We know that. And um, they're a great benefit. They're great neighbors. And let's say we have a project that's impacting the Somali community, right? Um, we're going to go about community engagement maybe a little bit different. We need to understand who we're reaching. I think another key piece as someone who facilitates a lot of community engagement is um, self-awareness and mindfulness. And I'm really grateful I have a mindfulness practice in place because we all have bias and um, and working with so many different types of people, we have to be aware of ourselves and our own biases because our job is really to just show up as a vessel, you know, to just facilitate. I'm here. It's not about me. This is about really hearing from voices um, that are most impacted. And I think voices that haven't been allowed to have a seat at the table, right? So historically, we know that entire groups of people have not been involved in these public processes. Um, and so it's being really intentional and make sure we're reaching folks um, who haven't been involved and make sure they have a voice. So I need to be aware of my own privilege. I need to be aware of my own bias, how I show up in a space. And my job is to be welcoming, um, to really listen and make sure people know that their voice matters and that something is going to be done with their feedback. And this is a key piece that I think often gets forgotten. And I think it's one of the most powerful things that we can do. And that's something we call closing the feedback loop or closing the loop. So I'm going into a space to, to get feedback on a project or a question or a policy. Um, I'm making people feel welcome. I've done my homework. I've read about the history, the culture, um, I'm engaging in a way that's respectful, I'm collecting information, I'm affirming, and at the end of our time together, I'm saying, wow, thank you. Like, what you shared is so important, and I'm going to be following up with you, and then I actually do. So whenever the time comes that um, some sort of meaningful action has taken place based on that feedback, I'm going to follow up and say, hey, listen, here are the things that we did or that are changing because of the feedback that you shared. And that's how you can build trust. Um, and that is, I think, also really healing because people feel like, oh my gosh, you didn't just ask me, you actually did something with what I shared. So it can be really powerful when done uh, effectively and intentionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. And through your travels, through your through your work, and through through your life, really, um, 
what do you see when people do come together and they are heard and they are followed through and they are, you know, what is appropriate to one person may not be applicable to another and specifically in the whole world of like culture and um, different ways of life. And what do you see that happens when people do engage and do show up to be a part of the bigger, bigger human collective, the bigger, a bigger group of being and not just I isolated. It's beautiful. And it, you know, I think it's transformational. I mean, I, what I think about in the United States is just the history of our country. And if we do our homework and we know our history, we know that uh, the United States, as we know, it, is really built on the the backs of slaves, of slavery and uh, Native Americans. And there's been a horrible, uh, horrendous history of uh, forced removal of Native Americans from their land and genocide and removal of cultural and language. And, um, you know, there's a reckoning with that. And that historical trauma has impacts to this day, right? And that's just a couple big groups of people that have been hugely impacted. Um, and then you take a look at someone like me who you say, well, how does this impact me? I have, you know, my ancestors were Scottish farmers and Norwegian miners, and they didn't hurt anyone, but uh, I still benefit from those unearned privileges because of the color of my skin. Right. And so I can still play a positive part in the healing and the transformation. Um, and so part of it for me is about power sharing and thinking about that historical trauma and how together we can move forward and transform um, really systems. Like it can have a huge impact on people's lives when you look at big systems change. When you look at policies that directly impact people's lives that are not just based on decision makers um, that are white men, but that are really reflective of people with lived experience. So I think it, when you take like a big step back <laughs> like that, you're like, whoa, like that's why I love this work and I do this work on that macro level, like it can have huge impact. And then on more of a micro level on that like interpersonal level, it's like, oh my gosh, cool. I just met the coolest person. Like, oh my gosh, cool. I just heard such a transformative, such a meaningful story that I'm going to take with me. And now when I think about this, I'm going to think differently. So we also, when we're in community with one another, especially when we're, you know, in community with people that are different from us, have different cultures, different backgrounds, different languages. We learn so much and we understand so much better. Um, and I think it also helps us with those biases that come up because it's like, no, that's actually not true. Have you ever talked to someone from that culture? Have you ever visited that place? Right. And so it just, I think, helps us be more empathetic understanding human beings 
And that's a beautiful thing. So I think it really can impact that interpersonal and then also that like macro as well. Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and I want to discuss like the Western and Eastern worlds. They both have things to offer. We've both been privileged and honored to to travel to both sides, see what it's like to be in America, see what it's like to be in developing nations on earth. And there's something something to be said on both that we can learn from both ways of living, right? Um, the other day I was in a coffee shop and this woman was like, where are you from? I said, USA. Oh, wow, hardworking, disciplined quick busy and she came up with all these descriptors of american culture and i was thinking well yeah that's true and there's so much that goes along with with what is hard work what is discipline what is a very kind of quicker fast beat of life that occurs in america whereas i sat in that coffee shop without thinking twice for three hours and you know wrote some things down read a book drank my coffee, had a cup of tea. And, and that was very indicative to both, both worlds, right? So I can fit in in America, we can <laughs> get on with ourselves, being busy and moving, moving, moving. And we can also be in in Eastern world that we can sit for three hours and not be phased. And I think that is a gift in itself that we both have been given. And I think it's also been developed, right? So we've taught ourselves how to slow down. We've taught ourselves to engage with people of all backgrounds. It's not that they they are they, we are we. It's, nope, we're all human beings. Let's sit and listen to this young woman that's asking questions. And And that in itself is probably one of the greatest gifts of being a human, is being able to to intermingle with people that may not look like us or may only have a few words in our language and I only have a few words in her language but somehow our eyes brighten up and we see the humanness we see oh she's got a heartbeat too she is engaged with me she is smiling and she wants to know what it's like to be be in my humanness. So just stepping in on that and the humanness that lies within each of us, we all enjoy tea, food, culture, you know, wherever you go, there is a lot of similarity, even though it might not look and smell and sound the same. The human collective is just craving togetherness instead of where we're where we are at is as divisiveness. And so just queuing in on some of those like macro, micro, cultural, um human things that we all innately need to continue forth in this epic journey on Mother Earth. I love that. There's so much in what you just said. Um I'm gonna unpack it a little bit. It's like there's so much more that we have in common that connects us 
Um, and that's such a helpful reminder. Like if you were to ask probably just about any person around the world, like what are some things that are most important to you? I guarantee you that most people are going to say something like my family, being happy and healthy, right? There's like so much that we have in common. Um, and we, we actually speak a common language. I know you know this because you've traveled all over the world, but a smile, you know, that body language, nodding. So we can connect um, through body language in other ways, even if we don't have a shared verbal linguistic language. Um, there's something that I believe, and I think people who do community engagement, this is like prime to our work. And that's, we believe that every single human has inherent value and has a right to be heard. Um, everyone, regardless of what they believe, what they think, we all have an inherent value and right to share. And that's my job is to listen. I don't have to agree, that's okay. Again, I'm just a vessel. I'm here to listen and learn and share that back, right? Um, and that that reminded me of you being in a coffee shop or having a conversation or just as you do so well, just listening to others. We are listening because we value one another. You're important. Your voice matters. I think that is so powerful and it's something that we should be, you know, teaching our kids um, very young as they grow up, even if their voice becomes very loud or screams <laughs> at two in the morning, their voice still matters. It does. And I learned how to listen because of my father. He's a great listener. And if I hadn't had that experience with my father, who just purely listened to me, uh, not for any other reason, but because he cared and he listened, I think I would have a very different experience. And something I learned from him was um, no matter what happens, you know, I got in trouble. I was, it, well, I'll just put it this way. I got in trouble once in high school <laughs> and I came home and I was just expecting like the worst, right? You're grounded. My parents are mad at me. I'm expecting like all the things. And I remember my dad just told me, he said, I know what happened. You already have some natural consequences that came of that. But let's just go on a walk. I just want to know how you're doing, if you're okay. And we just went on a walk and he just listened. That's all he did. And it was like the most powerful thing. It's like, even when I screwed up, um, I'm important. I'm valued. And what I say matters, right? Powerful, very powerful for me. And so I tried to kind of apply that in life as best I can. One other thing that I learned from my father and then later on in life working and with some nonprofits is active listening, which I just love. Um, and it's this art where you, you learn how to listen and then to, to let the other person know that you are listening and that their voice matters. You simply just repeat back some key points, right? So that's another like really helpful tool um, that we can all use to let people know like, hey, they're paying attention. Hey, they, you know, they're reflecting back what I'm saying. And it's a good opportunity also in community engagement 
to use active listening and kind of reflect back what you're hearing to make sure you're getting it right too. Like, hey, this is what I heard you say. Um, did I get that right? Is there anything else that you want to add? So it's really simple, but it just requires, you know, paying attention, <laughs> which we can we can all do. We can all learn to do. But I just love that active listening, um, I think, is also a powerful tool. Yes. And listening, you've taught me this over the years, listening to engage further in conversation, not listening to respond, right? Like listening to like hear the nuggets, the gold that you're, you're, you're telling me, you're sharing with me and engaging with that and not for your own response, right? Or for your own Ooh, what am I going to say when they're done with this? It's like, no, let's listen to what they have to say first because we don't really even know what they're going to say. And so you've been one of my key key people in teaching me how to become a, a great listener. And that's exactly the, the tool that you've taught me is, okay, what are they going to say? What am I going to engage and learn from this? And then let them give them a nod of knowing that, oh yeah, I hear you, Sister Liz, like I hear what you're saying and and I'm actively listening and I'm actively listening to engage in conversation and not so that I can, you know, give something up or, you know, something. So when we actively listen, it's more of a, an engaged conversation. It's a back and forth. It's a, I hear you. Yes, this is what I'm hearing from you. And how can we go back and forth instead of kind of dominating one side or the other? And I think that's such a, a piece of grace. It's it's graceful to, to listen these days and to actively be in conversation. And I just want to thank you for sharing that piece because um, because listening is actually incredibly healing. And something I learned in yoga therapy school is, is listen to them as if you've never heard it before because you never have, right? Like we've never heard what's going to come next. We don't know what the person might say, even if it's like our partner or our parents or a dear friend, like, oh, there they say this again. You actually have no idea what might come of the conversation. And so I I really like that you brought that into this piece of community. It is very healing to be heard. Um, it is very, very healing to be, to actually like, to be nodded at like, oh my God, I hear you. And with that, I, I see it in my work. I see it in my daily relationships, my friendships, my family, like, oh, damn, she does hear, you know, and so that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And don't you think that it almost requires like being in the present moment, which we both have uh, a practice that helps us with that. And it's so helpful because I'm not like, suffer right now because I'm on your podcast, I kind of have to think ahead. <laughs> but typically, I'm trying to be in the present moment and just being there with that person. Instead of like you said, trying to think ahead of 
my ego thinking, oh, what am I going to respond to that? I have something smart to say about that, right? I'm like requiring myself to kind of be with them, sit with them so I can truly listen. And I think that helps a lot, don't you think? Totally. It's If you're in the present moment, there's nothing there's nothing else to really be bothered by because presence is very profound. And if you can teach your body, which both of us have, we've worked damn hard to do that, but we, we're, we're on our way, Lizzie, for, you know, we're mid-30s, mid now, almost, well, late-30s, God bless us, and we're just getting started in it. I mean, can you imagine the conversations we're going to have in our 40s, 50s, into our 80s, as we've developed this very unbelievable gift, really, we've tuned it into being present with whatever is around us. And I think that's where we both lie so beautifully in creating communities around us is through exactly what you're saying, that present-centered awareness. Something else you said made me think too about just a couple prompts people can use if they want to hear more, right? And you're having a conversation and uh, you want them to keep talking. You want to hear more. Something I say all the time is tell me more about that, right? Like sometimes people get like nervous or they're not sure like how to even have a conversation. There's a lot of social anxiety. There's a lot. I see it all the time and that's like normal, natural, but just thinking about those open-ended questions or ways that we can invite people to share more. Like, wow, that's really interesting. Do you mind sharing more about that? Or have that next follow-up question to go deeper and deeper. And just having that curious mind, I think it helps when you're a learner and you're, you're curious because you're just like, the sky is the limit. I mean, I've had people come up to me at like an event and I've, I think, learned more about someone in like two minutes than some of my friends. Like if you show that you're like really open, people will share. I know you know that because people tell your life, their life stories to you all the time, but it's just amazing what you can learn about someone and their life and their story, even in two minutes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. And we never know how much that impacts both sides, right? Like we can look at all of the conversations we've had throughout our lives. And like you said, you can learn so much in such a small period and how that can inspire the human spirit inside of you and also them, the the sharing of, whoa, this person's actually interested in me. Wow. And and how healing that can be. (laughs) Absolutely. And it reminds me of, I think, one of the most powerful tools we have, especially um, if you're thinking about it through like a community organizing framework where people are intentionally um, relationship building one-on-one and then in groups around an issue that they want to change, right? One of the most powerful tools we have is sharing our stories, um, I abs- one of my favorite things, something I absolutely love is just going to coffee with someone I don't know and just sitting down and getting to know them and vice versa. And why is that such a powerful tool? You know, sharing our stories. It's how we learn 
what people value and care about. And it's how we learn what people's strengths are and, and, and areas and ways that people want to get involved. And it's, it's, I think some of the most powerful things in life are actually like the simplest, like when you talk about taking a breath, it's so powerful, but it's so simple. Like we forget about it, right? I've gone all day and I haven't taken an intentional breath. Well, just have coffee with someone or tea or go on a walk with someone you don't know and see what happens. There's so much to be learned. There's so much to be gained. And then if you apply that to like a specific cause or a specific goal that you're working towards, you build connection, you build network, you build power. And it is how a lot of things have changed um, throughout history in the United States. And it's what movements are built on. They're built on one-on-one connections that lead to powerful groups that understand one another's stories, values, and strengths. That's how you change, change things. It's so true. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll keep, we'll keep meeting one-on-ones and see, and see what changes can be made. Because like you said, it begins with Paul, you know, it begins one-on-one, but who knows how it can, it can ripple out, right? Like it can change lives by, meeting one-on-one and all of a sudden this person is in involved that person's involved all of a sudden you can see a massive shift in community a massive shift in policy people standing up where they've never stood up before people speaking up where they've never spoken up before and i see it in our daily you know it's uh it's absolutely even though it's an exhausting time in human history it's absolutely exciting it is like sometimes overwhelming to actually look at what's happening and it all is people coming together for the betterment of humanity the betterment of community and i and i want to thank you from my heart as a dear friend but also as a fellow human um just thank you for your work and continuing on in engaging communities um for the purpose of being human, right? Like making it better for humans around. And that's why you've always inspired me. You've always helped me engage um, to be a better person in community, like to be approachable, to be, to be open, to be a listener, to have a smile, to have coffee, to have tea. And those things can lead to much grander, things they they've helped healed me i know i've seen them help support your healing and so just allowing the listeners to be inspired to maybe call someone they don't know or someone they're interested in to or engage with someone they don't know and call someone that maybe they're interested in to have coffee have tea go for a stroll maybe just play in the backyard with the children, you really never know what what will spark. And that's both internally as well as externally. Um, so I just want to give a bow to you and thank you for all you do 
for everyone around you, Liz. You you truly inspire people, um, and your ripples are deep <laughs> and wide. So let's just keep going and uh, see where this community engagement will take us. And and thank you for sharing those things with listeners. How we can listen, how we can prompt curiosity, how we can go for go out and meet somebody and see where it goes. Um, those are all beautiful ways to engage in community. So I just want to thank you for your time, your energy, your smile, your eye contact, <laughs> all things that help build a greater world that we all want to live in for not only ourselves, but generations before as well as those to come. Thank you so much. Yes. This was delightful. Let's talk again soon. Yeah. Uh, let's keep talking. Yeah. I love you. I'm a huge fan of you <laughs> and your work. And uh, you inspire me every day. So thank you. Thank you, Lizzie. Thank you. Thank you.